Hello, hello. Good afternoon and welcome to this very new podcast. Coming to you from Create Media Studios. We will be going through a list of different kinds of scripts, um, monologues and poetry. And at some point in time, we shall feature some music from your favorite artist. But in the time being, I am going to be reading from Jean Marlowe, Auditions and Speeches for Women. Now, I find this book quite interesting because it has a lot of good stuff on it. Yes, indeed, it does have a good stuff on it. So if you check on Amazon, check on eBay or your old bookstores, you might be able to find a copy. Jean Marlowe, Auditions, Speeches for Women. And um, if you want to know more about auditioning, when you go for auditions, it, you know, sometimes it might be really difficult. It might be really, really hard. But not to worry. There is always a space for anybody with all sorts of types and, you know, different sorts of talents. But I'm going to just read a little bit more from this book about auditioning. You've made up your mind to become an actor. But before you can even begin, you're faced with competition. You apply for drama school, but first you have to be selected from what seems to be like hundreds of people who all have the same idea. You have to audition. Fear of failure starts to creep up on you and you have to push away. Otherwise, it can dog you all the way through your life as an actor. Hmm. I've been down that road, trust me. But it, it does, you know, it does change as you grow and as you develop and as you, you know, come to your own realization what you are good at. Um, the author goes on to say, a friend of mine, not too long out of drama school was touring in a production of spring and pot wine playing hilda the daughter of a strict father who is determined to make her eat a herring for dinner that doesn't sound right now does it which she hates of course she would hate that throughout the play the herring is put before hilda at every meal but she steadfastly refuses to eat it then the herring disappears and the family cat is suspected the cat was played by a large ginger tom called Huey that only his owner could love. The show went well, the notices were good, and when a casting director came in on the second week of the tour, the actors had high hopes of getting something on television. <laughs> to everyone's astonishment, the only actor offered a part was Huey. The casting director was casting a cat food commercial. Suddenly, Huey had become a star and the film company sent a limousine to take him to the studios each day. This is my favorite part. Always remember you haven't failed. You simply weren't selected. And in this case, the cat got the job. <laughs> I really love that. And that's absolutely true. The cat got the job doesn't mean that you didn't do well doesn't mean that you didn't make it so don't ever give up if, if acting is really what you want to do go for it right i'm just gonna go over to one of my monologues which i'm gonna read out and um yeah let's have a go sometimes when you prepare Not to worry, I will get it through. So I'm going to read The Clink, 
by Stephen Jeffries, originally from Morocco, which is called Zander. First produced by Payne's Plough at the Theatre Royal Plymouth in 1990 and set in and around The Clink, a prison in Southwark, London, <laughs> towards the end of the reign of Elizabeth I. Zander is a slave shipped over from Morocco and bought to bought by Privy Councillor Warburton. Is it Warburton the bread maker? I wonder. Hmm. Let me know what you think. <laughs> to look after his daughter Beatrice, who is lady in waiting to the Queen. Warburton has arranged for his daughter to marry Martin Gridling, a man she heartily despises. Zander devises a plot to get rid of him. Gridlin is all well known. Rora and the girls disguise themselves as roaring girls and invite him to a duel. Beatrice easily wins this duel of words when then takes a pistol from her cloak and shoots Gridlin dead. Wow. The blame is laid on the innocent Lucius Botkin who had been persuaded to act as Gridlin's second. In this scene, which I'm about to read, Beatrice, covered in mud, is musing happily over the murder she had just committed. Xander tries to persuade her to come to bed. They need sleep. The murder must be concealed from her father at all costs. And tomorrow they must act their innocent. The Clink Xander My lady, will you come to bed? It is time. We will act the perfect maid and lady and follow daily customs. Your father must have no suspicion against us. I will brush your hair and soothe you. Then you sleep. Tomorrow we will fetch water to wash it. Now sit. You are the mistress of the house. But I am queen in the streets, and we have brought the streets stink here into your chambers. You do not know what master mist can cover murder, but I do. And you will swallow my prescription. Now sit. When I was a slave to the Spaniards, I was their thing to use as they wished. I fetched for them, skived. They took me, sleeping in sickness. They didn't care. One was the ship's doctor. He grabbed me sudden while I slept upon the deck. I turned and I fisted him. He fell heavy, his head striking a cannon. Dead. I held his body up and nailed it to the mast. The crew looked on. They never troubled me again. I said, now I am your doctor broken the chain as you have broken yours you have freed yourself you wait you live from day to day you relish the snapping of your chain i meant the chain that bound you to your father you must not trumpet out this murder your father will be high in anger and his death and you must play bereavement to the hilt the queen grows sicker. This is the report from every stair and corridor. When she is dead, your power is the court, is gone. 
all you can ever be is a drain on your father's exchequer or a quim for trading on the market you have skipped one husband you cannot skip them all you and I have been sisters as sisters we have brought the two halves of the globe together and made a safe cocoon to live in an egg where we have dwelt in the safety from the world of men the shell is shattered now we must stand together without me you will have no access to the world a pleasure and dire country debt with a fat husband without you i have no privilege cannot be protected from the curs who call me black amor and spit upon my skin you must conceal this murder if you broadcast it my complicity my complicity will be much blamed your guilt once known will be laden at my door wow that was a very heavy heavy speech there was a mixture of emotions there was Zander's pain. I mean, what more? I mean, she describes it so clearly. You know, when I was a slave to the Spaniards, I was their thing to use as they wished. I fetched for them food. They took me sleeping in sickness. They didn't care. Ah, I can only hear her pain. I don't know what you guys hear, but I think it's quite an exceptional speech. And it's originally from Morocco. From one of the slaves. Well, I hope you enjoyed this little piece. A little piece of um, voice reading from Auditions and Speeches from Julie Marlowe. And these are all Auditions and Speeches for women. So it will be a nice book to get if you're an actor or an actress and you want to listen to this. Boom, your audience is your stage. Until next week when I come back with another poem from G. Harlow, and I might be doing two next time. It is goodbye from your friendly friend, Create Media Studios. Have a lovely week and au revoir.